Today, we're going to talk about being a grandmother. And many of you might think, oh, I'm not a grandmother yet, so it doesn't apply to me. No, whoa, wait just a minute. It does apply to you. Welcome to the American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast, a show that lifts, encourages, supports, and educates mothers to do their best in their awesome responsibility to raise, teach, and champion the rising generation. Join us as we talk to and answer questions from mothers nationwide about the challenges, heartbreaks, joys, and lessons learned from one mother to another. When I was a young mother, I went to a meeting with American mothers and they had a lady talking about grandmother. I had to go to the session because they were rotating the speakers in. And one of the first things she said that I will never forget is that she said, you are now becoming the grandmother you will be. And I'm going, whoa, that's something mm -hmm. I never thought of before. And something else she said, you are teaching your children how to treat their children's grandmother by the way you treat their grandmother and how you talk about their grandmother. I had to reevaluate where I was with that. So today, Doris Donnelly is joining us, our National Mother of the Year. Welcome, Doris. Thank you for having me, Deanna. Real excited to have you back because you are a new grandmother, right? I am. I have a six-year-old and a three-year-old. I wanted to talk to someone who had a little experience and not just, I've got a six-month-old grandchild. That's still kind of the cuddly stage. <laughs> yeah. Grandmothers can get away with a lot at the cuddly stage. Sure can. Not as much as they get older. When you were thinking about being a grandmother, what were some of the first things you thought about? I'm going to be a grandma. What was in your head? I was just so excited. I remember the day when my daughter and son-in-law told us that we were going to be grandparents. They were taking a photo of the family. And during the photo, someone said, congratulations, grandparents. And neither my husband nor I responded because we're thinking, <laughs> we don't know that that's directed at us. And my husband said, no, we're parents, not grandparents. And so my son-in-law said, I don't think you understand. Congratulations, grandparents, as he's taken. Well, we're thinking he's taking a photo. It was a video. As soon as I looked at my daughter, I saw on her face that she was pregnant and my knees buckled. I tears, I have the video, it's priceless to me, but it's one of those where I thought, oh, I have arrived at a stage <laughs> in life that I have been looking forward to. I've loved raising my children, but I really was excited about grandchildren. So it was a joyful time to learn. And then I became nervous. It's like, uh oh, I don't think I know what to do as a grandmother. <laughs> That's it. You didn't know. I was reading some articles and one of the articles said, you need to prepare to be a grandmother. You need to take a refresher course from when you were a new mother. You need to remember how to change a diaper. Of course, diapers are different now than when I was a new mother. Did you think about looking up some? I did look at a few things, but as my daughter was pregnant and she was reading different books, she's telling me, okay, mom, this is what this book says. And it gave us a chance to interact with each other about what it looked like when she was a baby versus 10 years later when my son was a baby. And then now 
having the two grandchildren. And like you said, the diapers were different, even so much as to how to have them sleep. My daughter was at the stage where you put a wedge and she kind of slept on her side. Mm -hmm. My son, he was on his back, but with blankets and the bumper pads around the crib. And then she's telling me, no, none of that, only these sleepers, the changes that have happened over the years. So a lot of my education came from constant conversations with my daughter about, okay, what are the expectations? I did look up a lot about how they should sleep. What should I as a grandmother have in my home? So it's comfortable for the kids, not having to bring the bassinet or the pack and play everywhere they went, those types of things. So it was great that you had an opportunity to have communication with your daughter. And she was willing to share that. That's pretty awesome. It isn't always Mm -hmm. the same with daughters-in-law. And they have different ideas. When my children were young, they were tummy sleepers. That was what it was way back when. So you need to respect that. And I think that's one of the hard things to do is let them be the parents. You can give advice and suggestions, but you let them parent. Right. I agree 100%, which is not always easy because when they ask your opinion and you say, well, this is what I recall how we used to do it. And then they say, oh, no, no, that's not acceptable these days. That's not what they're saying that we should do. And then it's like, okay, I need to figure this out. I need to figure out how to grandparent in the new generation of parenting. Yes. And it's hard. It's hard. Mm-hmm. I We have 19 grandchildren. The oldest one just turned 27. So we've been around a little while, but things have changed from the 27-year-old to the younger ones that are coming around. So it changes. But there are right. some things we can constantly be good at. One of them is showing patience. Exactly. Exactly. And I love listening to them, too. Uh-huh. From any the- age. Yeah. And I think you need to establish that we've worked really hard at establishing that from the early on, even when they weren't verbalizing with words, we were working, we, my husband and I, but spending time trying to just be there with what they wanted, showing us the toy, even if we couldn't understand what they were saying. And now the three-year-old is constantly, Graham, look at this, see what I've got going on. A lot of times it's via FaceTime or something because they live an hour away. But the six-year-old then, he'll tell me about school and you need to remain present with them and constantly listening just as we like to be listened to. And I have really learned to respect that. I think it's important for them because they will always remember that you value what they have said. As they get older, we try to do that with our grandchildren also. They're excited to share things with us. We had a grandson moved across country and his wife texted us and said, we miss you. How are we doing? We're loving our new house. That was great that they still wanted to stay in touch. And something else is when they get older, they might want to tell you things. They want you to listen, but that doesn't mean you have to fix the issue, the problem. Do you agree with that? 100%. It's the listening ear. My grandson was on the phone with me last night, FaceTiming, and he was carrying the phone around. And then he ran to his bed and he had the phone really close to his face. And he's saying in a whisper voice, Grammy, don't tell anyone, but I had a Twizzler after school today. Mom doesn't even know. 
And so I asked him, I said, well, did it taste better because your mom didn't know? And he's like, no. And I said, oh, okay. I found out today from my daughter, he told her then afterwards that he had had the Twizzler. That's a good way to do it. You're answering with a question, which is something I like to do. You don't give them advice, you guide them to mm-hmm. the solution, the resolution of their, of their issue. Right. Well, that was a really good example. Very good, Doris. You're right oh, on. Gosh. Just <laughs> happened. <laughs> That's because you're trying. You're aware of the things that are important to keep that relationship with your grandchildren. I'm going to talk about the daughter and her husband. Love the family to pieces. In fact, we knew the parents who moved into our area before the son moved into the area. So we were very close friends with the family. Their three children are the only grandchildren this other couple has. And so they have the time and the energy and the resources to shower these children with things or activities that we aren't able to do because of the size of our family. And there was a time I was getting a little jealous monster here, you know, and I'm going, I want to do those things, but I can't. I wonder if they love me as much. Mm-hmm. But I mentioned that to my daughter and she goes, oh, mom. Don't even go there because you give them other things that their other grandparents cannot give them. Mm-hmm. You are who you are and you need to embrace that and be you and not be concerned about the things that other people are giving them. I thought it was really good advice. Isn't it interesting how our daughters or our children can have wisdom to help us with things? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I am so grateful for the relationship I have with my children that we can share. We're friends. We still have the role of parent-child, but we're friends and we Mm -hmm. can respect our relationship, but accept opportunities to grow through advice and counsel from our children. Right. I agree with you. It's an interesting fine line between giving our grandchildren a lot of things or even a lot of adventures where a lot of the times I think some of the bonding that really occurs with grandparents and we've seen it is when we're staying present with what they like or playing family games. We play a lot of games, a game called guess who, and you flip up the pictures, but you're spending that quality time with them. It's not about what they have gotten. The younger one of our family, he loves to be in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. He already uses a knife. Thankfully, they make these childproof knives, but he can cut vegetables, but he loves to be in the kitchen. So we spend the time with him doing that. And the other one does like video games. And so we actually take the time to learn about the video game so and let him tell us. So we try to meet them where they're at, but it's not about giving them things because our I always ask my kids, do you remember what you got for your last birthday or last Christmas? And they're like, no, what was that? It's, they don't remember those things, but what they do remember is how they felt. And if you're able to make it safe and comfortable and loving and warm and embrace the different personalities, that's what they remember. Absolutely. I agree with you totally. I'm a baker. So a grandchildren love to come to grandma's house and we bake things. We bake cakes. We do really nummy, melt in your mouth, cream cheese mints. 
and I make a big batch and then I give them all the food colorings. They can pick whatever food coloring they want and all the molds. They can do whatever they want. It's so fun to see how creative they are and how some are very artistic and some just, oh, let me do it and I'm fine. But the important thing is we have five or six of them around the counter together doing it's a fun experience being with their cousins at grandma's. Right. So find what can you teach your grandchildren? That's part of it. You have an opportunity to teach them things that their parents aren't able to teach them. I'm at a stage now where I've slowed down. As a mom, I was always frantically making sure I had the groceries and that I had everything was in place while they were at school. I got the house clean. So I was always frantic. And now I'm at that stage where it's like, you know what? If the table's messy right now, I'll get to it later. Let's enjoy the time we have, but also teaching them at the same time that, okay, let's, let's take this project, close it up first, and then start the next project. So trying to teach at the same time is always important, but you're right. Baking cookies around the counter. I think those are the warm memories that you have. I still relish the thought of years ago, my great grandmother taught me how to can vegetables and ketchup and all sorts of home ec type things. Mm -hmm. It was work, but we enjoyed it. So those are the warm memories. I live far enough away from my grandmother. One passed away when I was five and the other one lived quite a ways away. And this was way before you could communicate with all the wonderful devices that we have digitally. But she made the time when I spent with her fun are memorable, not necessarily fun because she was a farm lady and during the summertime she lived in Idaho. So we went up and I remember going out early in the morning with her and she was an early riser. So I had to get up early. We would mm -hmm. go out and would dig up new potatoes and would pick raspberries and would pick new peas. And so for breakfast, we'd have the raspberries and for dinner, we'd, we'd take the peas out of the pods and cooked them and the new potatoes and a cream sauce. Mm -hmm. And those are the memories I have with my grandma. And right. I think those are fun things that not very many children would have that experience today because of the way we live. But she made my opportunity to visit her once a year, especially. Right. So you said you live a distance. Distance now is a real thing for most grandparents. Exactly. Don't you love that when you get the texts out of the blue, pictures of the grandkids or the kids too? I mean, I love my children, but I also really love my grandchildren. But when you get those random little snippet videos that say, Grammy, I miss you or see my costume from last year, you get those random phone calls or random text messages and they just really warm your heart. I really am not that far away. I'm an hour, an hour and 15 minutes, but it's not as easy to just pop in the car and head over to their house. Yeah. And now that they're both in school, it makes it a little different. We have to plan our weekends and then share them with the other grandparents. Right. And I've talked to my daughter about this. It's important to have the perspective of all the grandparents from her husband's parents and then on our side. So well, I, I think, think that's so. really good for the kids to have both. I think you're right. Our relationship was great because my husband and I lived near my parents when we were first married. Before we had mm -hmm. any children we for about a year and a half, then he moved to live in my husband's community for about a year and a half before we had children. So we had a really good foundation of 
the backgrounds of each other. When our parents started to help or give us recommendations, I understood where his mother was coming from. His father had passed away. And he understood mm -hmm. where my parents were coming from. And it makes a huge difference that you recognize they each have value. In most cases, you're marrying someone because you love them very much. But you also need to realize they love their parents. And their parents are important in their lives. So somehow they have to become important in your life, too, mm -hmm. in my opinion. We're going to take a quick break, Doris, and we will be right back. We appreciate the support we receive from our listeners, but we also want to thank the companies that provide the services to help us bring you these podcasts every week. Without the technology and expertise of these companies and their generous discounts for American Mothers, the American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast would not be possible. We want to do a shout out and a special thanks to Canva, Captivate, and Descript for their support and services. Thank you. Welcome back. I have a question I wanted to ask Doris. You've heard the expression, if I knew how much fun grandkids were, I would have had them first. Your opinion on that? I know why people say it. It is joyful to have the grandchildren because I don't have the stress that I had with raising my children, whether it's the financial or the educational piece or making sure that they turn into wonderful human beings. But I also try to be careful with that statement because I, I don't want to hurt my children either. And them thinking that I didn't want them or that there's something less now that I have grandchildren. We joke about it in our house. There's a video, a meme that my daughter sent me where the grandkids and the daughter are running up to the house and the grandmother pushes the mom away, her daughter, so she can get to the grandkids and I don't ever want my children to feel that way. So I go back and forth on that. Yes, it is joyful because I'm more relaxed. However, I wouldn't have traded that for anything. And I don't want my children to feel like they're anything less than my grandchildren. I have a little different take on this. I agree with you totally. But I also look at that and I says, you would not appreciate your grandchildren if you did not have the experience to love and care for your children first. Right. You would not know how to love them, I don't think. Would you? I don't know. I don't know a grandmother who doesn't love their grandchildren who hasn't loved their parents first. Right. Right. There is that bond that occurs and then it just grows exponentially when you have grandchildren. It's right. not like it. It just happened. Happenstance. It's that your children have had these children right. and it's just another extension of them. Right. So I, you, I agree with you completely too. It's an extension of your love and mm -hmm. it just becomes limitless, endless, infinite. Right. And that's what motherhood brings to me. A lot of grandparents are really thrilled about being grandparents because you come to my house and you can do whatever you want. There's no rules here. I have a hard time with that because that, in my opinion, that shows no respect for your children. Now we can bend them a little bit. When I'm caring for the grandchildren, I can never get, get on top. We're just having too much fun or the time goes by so fast that I just lose track of time. And so they're sometimes half hour late getting to bed, but that's okay. And I've told my daughter-in-law and she says, oh mom, that's okay. Don't worry about it. I says, that's good because I'm not worried about it because it's our time together. <laughs> 
But as far as giving them snacks or treats or something before they're supposed to be eating, mm -hmm. I still have the rules that I had in my house when my children were. Mm -hmm. And I think that is easily transferable to grandchildren without being a mean old grandma. That makes sense? It does. You're not disrespecting what the parents have asked for, but you're also implementing certain things that made your family work. I think kids learn so much more having those different types of role models and different home experiences. So when they come to our house and we do have everybody sit at the table for a meal, but if we're <laughs> sitting at the table, we want you to sit at the table with us. I see my daughter doing it, but we asked for our kids to ask to be excused from the table when they were done. Another thing that I found is with my very first grandchild, it, was, it took me back a little bit. Because he was a toddler, I would come up to visit. They were still in college about two hours up the road, so we'd go visit him occasionally. And I would say, oh, so good to see you. I'd go forward and give him a hug. And he just kind of didn't want to do that. And I'm going, what's, what's going on? And my daughter said, he's just not used to that, Mom. And he doesn't really remember who you are because he doesn't see you that way before FaceTime. And I had to rethink about my grandchild something else. You realize is there's a lot of children that don't like the touchy feel. There's a lot of things we're aware of now that we weren't aware of 27 years ago. You've had to learn to respect what your grandchildren want from you. Have you had that experience yet? Right. I have. Even as young as they are, there are times where it's like, no, I, I don't want to hug or a kiss. And I, like you, the first time it's like, oh, what? A, this isn't how it's supposed to be. They're supposed to just want to be with Grammy. But then stopping to think about it, I don't always want to be touched or loved on either. Right. And that's their way of expressing. And if we honor that now, then as they get older, they learn other boundaries, but they learn to communicate it verbally, or we help teach them to communicate verbally. You know what? I'm not in a good place right now. I'll hug you next time. Or maybe it's a fist bump this week. Something that communicates, I'm still physical with you, but I'm honoring your boundaries as we've learned that it's important. But that doesn't stop me from running out like when my, they drive up and I run out and I'm excited to see them. <laughs> and you know what? They do the same thing. They run up to the door and they're excited. But it doesn't always mean that it's a hug or which I'm a huggy person yeah, anyway. We are too. We're a hugging family. And we have some that have married in that aren't huggy, touchy-feely people. Mm -hmm. So you need to be aware of everybody's boundaries. Right. And, exactly. Um, when you said fist bump, that's high five, fist bump, whatever they feel like doing. And right. that's okay. We need to be present. Exactly. And that's a whole different concept that I thought of before I became a grandma. Mm -hmm. Because I'm who I am. And this, they're going to love me for who I am. They love me for who I am. But I also have to respect where they are. Right. And that isn't always easy. We have to keep learning. No matter how old we get, we need to keep learning about all the different things that are coming up that we never knew about. Right. Have you found anything that is emotionally or medically that you didn't have to deal with your children? Well, we went through the pandemic. I think that was an interesting concept. I remember when the youngest grandson had not been exposed to people. 
It was mm. his immediate family and then out and about wearing a mask. And so then his second birthday came and we were sitting around celebrating his birthday. And there were only eight of us. There was the other grandparents. Anyway, there were eight of us. And he, all eyes were on him, were all around there. And talk about a heartbreak for me is that he didn't know us well enough by the age of two to trust us. Now it's a totally different experience, but the pandemic caused a lot of things for the little ones that I didn't anticipate happening. And thinking about a mask over their face, they didn't learn our expressions. So they might see our eyes raised, but we didn't see them that often. And then we're on a video and it's not quite the same. You still can't read the expressions as well as when you're in person. Right. So it was a learning curve, but that helped me to realize that we have to honor where the kids are. Having his second birthday experience like that, I realized we definitely need to be there for our grandkids as they now navigate a new lifestyle for them. Two right. years was a long time. It was. And he didn't think about that. One of the mothers of the year from this year, I can't remember exactly where she's from, but she had two children during the pandemic. And they were isolated. And her children are both having issues getting acquainted with people and society. It's something that we need to be even more in tune with people that have been impacted by this. Doris, I was wondering, do you have any advice that you would give any new mothers on how to navigate being a mother with the new grandmother? With the new grandmother. Yeah. Especially if there's two grandmothers in the family. I mean, I know my son-in-law's mother and she's a dynamic woman. Um, And I try to remind my daughter all the time that both grandmothers are important. It's, It's so easy because my daughter and I know each other really well that she defers to me a lot of times. And I want her for the boy's sake to have the experience with the other grandmother. Thankfully, she and I get along really well and we can have conversations, but I think that trying to encourage young mothers to include both of the grandmothers or and grandfathers, but include both sides because they can benefit uh, for the mom. She can learn things. And I think that the children will have that bigger blossoming experience with the grandmothers. I love that. I know when my sons got married, I says, well, I hope the daughter-in-law loves me. And fortunately, we've been fine. So Good for you. We are closing out another wonderful session with Doris Donnelly, our National Mother of the Year. Thank you, Doris, for taking time today. Thank you again for having me. American Mothers has amazing programs to educate, support, and honor moms. Visit our website at AmericanMothers.org and click on What We Do. If you have a child or grandchild in the fifth grade or equivalent, you might be interested in checking out the fifth grade essay contest that starts in August. Or maybe you'd like to learn more about honoring mothers and what the mothers of the year have to say. Their stories are amazing, and I'm sure you'll find something on there that will interest you. Remember, AmericanMothers.org. Thanks for being with us today. You want to be sure and join us next week because we will be talking about how to raise responsible, independent adults. That is something we all work on continually. So stay with us for a great conversation. See you next week.
What is something you discovered about yourself through your motherhood journey? I'm Sierra Roberts and mother of the year for the state of Kansas. Probably a couple of things. I think that interestingly, I have become much more of a mama bear that I ever thought was possible before. I've definitely learned to question a lot of different things that I probably wouldn't have normally even raised red flags about. So I think that I've dove in with those things more. And then just, I've learned to manage my time much better than ever before. And just learned how to prioritize and show up and make it to everything. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you like what you heard, subscribe so you can get your weekly dose of mom-to-mom encouragement. We understand that being a mother can be overwhelming, but we hope that you found something useful you can apply to your own life. We invite you to share this episode with a friend who might also enjoy the message. The mission of American Mothers is to support mothers, empowering them to positively impact their families and communities. We want each one of you to discover and share your innate, inherent, and natural abilities to bless your children and others. The primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of American Mothers Incorporated, its members or employees. AMI is not responsible for, nor does it verify the accuracy of the information contained in the podcast, nor does the series constitute any professional advice or services. We look forward to visiting with you one mom to another next week. Until then, just do your best at mothering and remember you're not alone. You've got an army of mothers all around you cheering you on.